Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from January 10th by Pastor Randy, titled, Reset, Reconnecting with God Through Prayer. Here's the thing that we need to realize, that I hope would be driven home to you, to us this morning, is that the Christian life was never meant to be lived on two levels. That we're down here on earth doing our thing, and God is sovereign in heaven doing His thing. It's never meant to be just sort of those two things going on, but we were meant to be connected to God. That what we do on earth, our lives, who we are, are connected to Him so that we think the way He thinks. We love the way He loves. We have what Scripture tells us to have, which is the mind of Christ. We said last week it's like that Bluetooth connection. You get paired up with God so that you're connected with Him. And and there are steps you take to, to be paired up with God. But the truth is we live in a Christian culture that that connection is not taking place. People don't long to to just be with God. People don't live their lives trying to to think the way he thinks, trying to to love, to to be holy, to serve, to accept others, to forgive, just like he does. So the connection is not there. So we have people living their life on earth, and God's in heaven, and there's no connection there. Or if there is a connection, it's like this, a little string. Not much of a connection. That's not what God intends to have for a connection to Him. What God intends for us to have as a connection to Him is something like this. This is the strongest thing I could find in my garage this morning. Okay? This is a strap we used to carry when I worked in glass business uh, 30 years ago or so. This is what we used to carry, just big, loose pieces of glass. Glass, they'd be like 8 foot by, by 12 foot pieces of glass, and there'd be six or eight of them together. You get them off the truck, you use a strap like this. Okay, now that that's over with. But this thing, I don't know, it's rated like at least 5,000 pounds because the stuff it carries is pretty heavy. And I did have some straps that were rated, you know, uh, 20,000 uh, 20, pounds and things like that, even bigger and thicker ones we'd have to have. But this is a connection, one that, that's basically as is about as strong as we can get. So just go with the metaphor for that, as strong as we can get type of connection. That's what God expects us to have. That's what he wants us to to live with. And now there are things you can do. Now here's the other key. Not not only understand that we need to, as a culture, we need to reset that connection. We need to, to redo that, to reconnect with God. Not only that, but we've been talking about there are things we can do to help build up that connection Things we can do to help our connection grow stronger from being one of these to to being one of these. There are things that we can do. Now, before I go on, you need to listen very carefully to this. These aren't things you do in order to become a Christian. These are things you do once you have become a Christian to to make that connection stronger. So don't think these things, well, if I want to go to heaven, I need to do these things that, that, that Randy is talking about doing. No, 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 no. In order to go to heaven, you do one thing. You put your faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sins. That's what gets you to heaven. Look at this one verse real quick. Galatians 2.16, And yet, because we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we ourselves have believed in Christ Jesus. 
This was so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by the works of the law, no human will be justified. So it doesn't come by doing these things. But once we become a Christian, in order to strengthen that connection, there are some steps that we can take. So last week, we began talking about resetting our lives to God, reconnecting with Him, uh, pairing up with Him. And we said you do that through His living and abiding Word. And so last week, I asked every one of you to get a boat. I hope you've been getting a boat this week. Simply this, the B stands for the Bible. And I've asked you to, for the next month, next 28 days, to begin reading a chapter of Matthew every day. Start with chapter 1, next day chapter 2, and on for the next 28 days. And so, so the B stands for, for the Bible. And then the O stands for observation. You make an observation. Allow God to speak to you through that. That may come to you right away. You may have to read that chapter, the 30 or so verses, Two or three times moreover, but you stay in it till till God impresses your heart with something. You make the observation, and then the A stands for application. God has this. How can I apply this to my life? So it's not just something I know; it's something that I put into practice in my life. And then the the T stands for tell y'all are getting weaker and weaker as we go through this. Tell God thank you, thank you for that observation. God help me apply this to my life. Okay. So, so that's, that's where we started. The second way that we can resync, reset, reconnect our life with God this morning, and this won't be a surprise either, is through prayer. See? You already know. You knew where I was going before we started, right? It's through prayer. Now, here's the thing. Whenever I talk about prayer, it's always awkward for me. It's just, and it's not awkward because the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about prayer because the Bible does say a whole lot about prayer. And it's not awkward because I feel like you're going to push back on this. It's not like any of you are going to say, oh, supposed to pray? I didn't know that. I didn't know we were supposed to pray. What makes it awkward is that everybody knows we're supposed to pray, but so few people actually pray. It's like this. It's like you coming up to me. And tell me, hey, Randy, I love food. I just love having a good steak. You know, just, I just enjoy good food. And I say, great, let's go get lunch. We'll go to Golden Corral. You can have a steak or anything you want there after church. Let's go to that. And you go, well, I don't actually eat. I just drink a lot of protein shakes. I don't actually eat a lot of solid food. Or if you were to tell me, Randy, I love relationships. I'm into relationships. I mean, they're just great, close, intimate relationships. And I go, tell me about some of your relationships. And you go, well... I don't really have any. I just watch movies about them and read books about them. It's sort of like, I like the idea of Jesus, but I don't really like Jesus. I like the idea of praying, but I don't really pray. Now, that sounds absurd, I know. Those illustrations are absurd, but that's exactly where so many people are at today. That describes them perfectly. Yes, the Bible says we're supposed to pray. Prayer is a good thing. I love prayer, but how many of you say, although I know I'm supposed to pray, I don't really do it as much as I should. When's the last time you were at a meeting, a Bible study, or something in church? Or could have extra, could have been outside church, some kind of meeting like that where, where it was centered around, centered around the gospel, centered around Christ, and somebody starts in prayer and somebody ends in prayer, and the person gets up and pray, and people go, wait, 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 why just one person praying? Let's all pray. Let's all spend the next two hours and just pray. I want to pray. We need to pray. When's the last time that happened? 
Because we all know we're supposed to pray. Many of us will say, I don't do it like I should. Now, why is that? And I've heard all the reasons why. Some is just a lack of confidence. You know, I don't know how to pray. God, am I doing this right? I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. For some people, it's it's not so much a lack of confidence as the things get weird and the things that they that they pray for. Uh, like the illustration that Christina was using, they'll just get bored when they pray. God, I need a miracle. I need a miracle in my life. Miracle whip. That sounds good on a sandwich right now. Let's go get, you know, just start thinking. Just their, their mind just wanders so much. They just can't concentrate. And, and for some things, sometimes people, when they pray, they just pray for weird stuff. I mean, it's just weird. God blesses food and may nourish my bodies. You're eating Krispy Kreme donuts. Come on. Sometimes when we pray that prayer, the prayer of prayer is, is you need greater faith to believe that God's going to bless that food than you do the Red Sea depart. God bless this bacon double cheeseburger with chili fries and Mountain Dew as I stuff it down my already neglected body. Yet we're praying like we're eating grilled chicken and kale. Here's the thing I want you to realize. What you pray for, how you pray, reflects what you believe about God. What you pray for, how you pray, when you pray, all that stuff, your prayer life reflects what you believe about God. So if you don't pray, that means you don't really believe God answers prayer or you don't really believe in God. If all your prayers for small things, that means you don't believe that, that God's a big God who can do great things, who wants to reveal himself greatly in your life. If all your prayers for me, bless me, God do this for me, that means you believe God is there to serve you. And people who believe that, if God does not answer their prayers, all of a sudden God must not exist because he didn't do what I wanted him to do for me. Some people, they'll get in a difficult part of their life and they'll try to you know, to work through it, to work through it, to work through it, and they can't, they can't, they can't, and then they do this, well, I guess all I can do now is pray. See, if you believe prayer is the last resort, that also reflects what you believe about God. So I can see God in heaven go, oh, you mean it's up to me now? What can I do? I'm only the sovereign God of the universe. I'm not sure what I can do. But, but our prayers are just, are, just, are, are just weird like that. So what you pray for how you pray, when you pray, all that stuff reveals what you believe about God. And you can tell Christians who that connection is not very strong with God because oftentimes whenever they pray, their prayers are, are about little things and are so general. It's just... It, Again, this is why it's awkward for me because so many times our prayers are just weird. I look at my prayers and go, oh, man, that's, that's, that was weird to pray for. Why am I doing that? So I think, God, here's one, one example. God, bless me. And I look at it and I think, God's in heaven going, bless you? I've already blessed you without spirit, with all spiritual blessings. What more can you want? You've already been blessed beyond what you could even think of. What more do you want? Or this, God, give us traveling mercies. 
And I think God's in heaven going, look, just buckle up, drive the speed limit, you'll probably ride there okay. But here's prayers that we see in the Bible. Prayers in the Bible, in, in the first part of Ephesians, God, open my eyes so that I can see the glory of my calling, the riches of my inheritance, and how the power of your resurrection can transform my life today. In other words, God, make this connection strong. Open my eyes so that this connection between me and you becomes so strong that I can see my salvation as you see it, so I can understand how the resurrection can impact my life today, so I know what's waiting for me in heaven. Make that connection strong. Now, why don't we pray like that? Why don't we have big, faith-filled, passionate prayers and be a people who's always praying? One thing looked at it from two different directions. I think a big reason is just simply delight. We don't delight in prayers. It's not something that we just look forward to doing. So our motivation is off. Prayer for us is more of a discipline than a delight. And here's the thing. Delight's a much better motivator than discipline. Right? Now follow me here because just listen to the whole part of this. You're much better off delighting yourself in something because delight has a better chance of bringing about discipline than discipline does bringing about delight. See, if discipline is driving your shit where prayer is concerned, it's going to be, man, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray 30 minutes a day or an hour a day for the rest of my life. And that's going to last a couple of days or a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months at most. But if delight's driving the ship, here's what I know about us. We'll chase after what we delight in. We'll fill our lives what we delight in. We'll pursue it with all our hearts what we delight in. Now, I'm not saying that delight replaces discipline. Okay? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we're not to be a disciplined people. Of course we are. That, that leads to godliness. But I'm saying your discipline needs to be fueled by delight. And when you come where, where it's delight, where you want to be connected with God, you, you come to delight to, to be with Him, to be in His presence, to have that connection to Him. That's one thing that will drive you to be a, to be a prayerful person. The other thing that's kind of opposite of this is realize that God delights in you, that God wants to be with you, that God loves you. Let me explain it this way. Just got back, you know, last week from down in Texas. And here's how every trip goes. We fly down there, fly into DFW, get a car, drive about an hour east to my older son's house, get out of the car, got suitcases in hand, walk inside the house, get there, and a couple of the grandkids got the, well, three grandkids right now on that side, but, but they'll... They'll be there, and somebody will say, Pop and Lily are here, and the, the kids will come. And for about this long, they might give me a, a little hug or a little acknowledgement. I mean, that lasts. Sometimes it, I'm lucky if I get two seconds of that. 
And then what happens next? One of them is going to come up and punch me. Just, oh. And then a couple of them may start, Papa, Papa, let's go play this. Let's go do that. I love it. You know, that's what they're doing. This past, this past time we were there, the, my son and his wife, they were gone. So me and Lisa were in the house with all three grandkids, and they left. And I go, okay, don't tell your dad. And so take the couch and just push it out the side, on the side. And they have this big way. It's, it's probably about the size of the stage all the way down. Then you have just free in our house. It's probably about as long and, and as wide as the stage here. You get some of the furniture out of the way. And then we play dodgeball for the next two hours. Oh, it's, wore them out. Wore me out too. We were having a blast playing dodgeball for about two hours. Then it's about time for them to come back. Okay, let's push everything back where it goes. Jeremy walks in the house. He looks down and goes, what's all the marks on the floor for? I don't know. Shh, I'll be quiet, kids. Don't say And that's what I miss about my kids when they were little. It was playing football with them, wrestling with them. I just enjoyed just being with them. Now listen very carefully. There was never a time with my kids or my grandkids when that day they did everything right. When they were just, you know, they obeyed the first time and, and, and they, they cleaned this without being asked. There was never a time when they did everything right. But they still came to me wanting to play, wanting to do things because they knew I delighted in them. Now, if I were to ask you, does God love you? Yes, God loves me. But if I come to you, God, in your face and say, do you really believe that God loves you, delights in you, and wants to be with you today? You may think about that for a minute. Now, I didn't ask you, does God delight in you and love you five years from now? Because five years from now, you're going to be great. Five years from now, all your habits are going to be gone, right? All your bad habits are going to be gone, right? Five years from now, you're going to have the whole Psalms memorized, right? Five years from now, you're going to be somebody who, who's fantastic. Yeah, sure, God's going to love me then, but what about today? You see, we don't think that way because we, we think God treats us the way we treat other people. Somebody does something to us, we want to avoid them for a while if, if, if they don't you know, behave the way we think they should. We avoid them for a while. We think that's how God does for us. But God delights in us. He wants to be with us. And so many people don't have that motivation to develop that connection with God because they don't delight in prayer. They don't delight in, in coming and being connected with God. They don't believe God delights in being with them. But there's another reason. What makes this sort of awkward and, and, and difficult is, is because not only do people not understand the motivation for prayer, what they're concerned about when they do pray is not about building that connection. They're not concerned about that. Their prayer show they're concerned about other things. So let's look at it this way. Let's look at it on the positive side. When we see prayers in the Bible, what are those prayers about? You look at New Testament prayers, and you see in Acts, prayers about boldness. And we're going to be talking about that in a few weeks. There's prayers for unity. There's prayers for inner strength. 
And it's all prayers about, God, how can we make this connection between, between us stronger so that we are people who are thinking the way you think, loving what you love, who are holy just like you are, who accept others just like you do, who forgive just like you do, who submit just like you do, who are humble just like you were when you came and gave your life on the cross. See, it's prayers like that that we see in the New Testament. Look, for example, here. Let's go through this. Ephesians 3, 16. I pray that he might grant you, according to his riches and glory, to be strengthened. Strengthened with power where? In your inner being. And how's that happen? Through his spirit, through that connection. So we're praying for strength where? On the inside of us. Comes by that connection with him. Then let's go to this. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So Christ may be at home in your hearts. Here, hear it this way. So you may be connected better with God. So that that connection might be stronger. And that when that connection is stronger, that you being rooted and firmly established in love. In other words, love is going to be the root and ground of all that you do. Okay? May be able to comprehend with all the saints was the length, width, and height, and depth of God's love. So that you may be able to grasp God's love. Which is sort of hard to grasp or sort of limitless is what he's saying. When he's talking about length, width, height, and depth. God's love is like this. It's like trying to weigh something that gets heavier as you're trying to weigh it. It's like measuring something that gets bigger as you're trying to measure it. It's sort of impossible together. Then he says this, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge. Surpasses knowledge. Why did he know how much he loves you? Because, you're, because that love surpasses knowledge. Think of it this way. Have you ever looked at another Christian and thought, did they get something I didn't get? Because you see their lives and you see them go through a difficult time. You know, just, just, just life just dumps on them, and yet there's still so much at peace. In fact, you look at them and they're even glowing. And you go, how can they, how can they live like that? Is, did, did they get something I didn't get? Because I just fall apart. Whenever stuff doesn't work out for me, either in relationships or at work or, or, or something happens, life just dumps on me, physical, you know, you, doctor's diagnosis or whatever it is, I just fall apart. They look like they just have some peace. Did they get something I didn't get? And the answer is yes. They've got something you don't have. They've got a connection with God fueled by an understanding of his unlimited love for them. That's what they have. Whenever we become overwhelmed with the love of God, we no longer need the approval of other people. Whenever you become overwhelmed with the love of God, temptation is not going to take you down so easily. 
It's not going to, the pull of temptation is not going to be so strong in your life. Whenever you become overwhelmed with the love of God, depression, things like that is, is not going to be part of is not going to be part of your life. Here. What's the last part of this verse? So that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Again, this is what I want you to hear. So that connection with God is going to be strong. That's what he's saying when filled up with the fullness of God. While you're here on earth, until you get to have that connection with God, it's going to be so strong, filled up with all his fullness. Now, you do that, your prayers will change. They'll become different. You'll no longer pray for your kids just to, just to do well in school and stay off drugs. You'll pray that they might glorify God with their lives. You won't pray that you, know, you can pay your bills and, and get by on your job or something or get a raise. You'll be praying, God, make me a generous person so I can be a blessing to others so they can become more connected to God. You won't pray, God, please help my husband not to be such a jerk. You'll pray, God, fill me with love for my husband. And help he and I both to be totally surrendered to you. Things change when you become overwhelmed with the love of God. And here's the thing. Whenever you become, now we're going back to these verses, whenever you become strengthened in the inner man, whenever Christ is at home in your heart, whenever you're filled up with all the fullness of God, then verse 20 makes sense. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now this makes sense. Let me explain. This, this is Jacob praying to God for clothes and food. And a few years later, he comes back to his homeland with thousands of sheep and, and, and cattle and camels and all this stuff and, and whole hordes of people and servants and everything. This is David praying that he might live a long life. And God says, your throne will last forever. This is that paralyzed guy who goes to Jesus, hoping to be healed. And Jesus says, all your sins are forgiven. This is the prodigal son hoping he can go home and just be a hired servant. And instead, his father says, bring the ring, robe, and shoes. Let's celebrate your home again, part of the family. This is the thief on the cross going, remember me. And Jesus saying, today you will be with me in paradise. See, when you become overwhelmed with the love of God, nothing stands in the way. Nothing is going to stop that, not even death. Death just what? Death just makes that connection even stronger. Whatever is in front of you, whatever you're facing, it can't stand against that. So back a couple of weeks ago in Sunday school class, Al was given a lesson. And he was talking about, now, I know this comes from different places, but for me it was Star Trek and the Borg. And they had a saying whenever they came across new people, and that saying was what, Al? 
Resistance is futile. Yes. Al, you're too slow. In other words, whatever you think you can do, whatever you think you can muster, it can't stand. Why? Because that connection with God is so strong. See, that's what we're going through and going through this. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to take your connection from this to this. So that whatever you come across in life can't touch you because you have that strong connection. So even death, that doesn't bother you because that just makes that connection even stronger. Now you're just right there in his presence. Doctor's diagnosis, that doesn't bother you. That connection's so strong. You know you're overwhelmed with the love of God. You have a peace going through that, that losing your job, that whatever it is, it doesn't matter. That connection with God is so strong. So what I'm going to ask you today, last week I asked you to get a boat. This week I'm going to ask you to be Borg. Okay? Now, the thing about Borg, not only was resistance futile, the thing about Borg is that they were connected. Do we have any Star Trek fans here? I don't know how many. All right, good. All right, good. All right. So a third of you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, for, for the other two-thirds of you, they, they were all interlinked together. They had a strong connection with each other, but they also had a, a very strong connection with the I don't know, it wasn't the queen. I don't know, anyway, the, the mother Borg, whoever it was, whatever her name is. So this is what I want you guys to do. I want you to be Borg, all right? For the next 21 days, when you pray, I want you to pray Borg. B stands for boldness. That's what we see in the scripture. Just pray for Now that's going to make more sense in a couple of weeks. Pray for boldness in who you are in Christ. Boldness, a bold witness. Okay, just boldness. Secondly, the O, overwhelmed with the love of God. Oh, how deep, how wide, how lean. We can't measure it. It surpasses knowledge. Become overwhelmed with how much God loves you. Again, what we're doing, we're building that connection. You're praying for that connection to become stronger. Third thing, the R for revival. We so need that in our culture. Because it's easy to tell by what's going on in our Christian culture, what's going on in so many lives. Their connection with God is like this if they're lucky. We need to get people to focus again on building up their connection with God, wanting to be with Him, enjoying His love. Where's the delight for you to get up and come to Him in prayer? Where's the light for you to want to get up and get into his word? And then the G, so you may grow in unity and love. That's our interconnectedness. Borg, we're always connected together. You know, if, if something happened to one, you know, they were all aware of it. You know, something, the connection is gone. And so you see so many prayers in, in the New Testament for this very thing, that, that we may grow in love, grow to love each other more and more, grow, that, to be unified. So for the next 21 days, 
28 days being in the Word, 21 days for this. When you pray at some point in, in the day when you're praying, I want you to be a Borg. And I want you to pray for boldness. I want you to pray you may be overwhelmed with the love of God. Pray for that revival that people may once again delight in being with Him and pray that it may grow in unity and love. So, things that we can do to reset, to reconnect, to resync, to pair up, however way you want to put it, with that relationship with God. Our culture needs it. That's obvious. You know why our culture needs it? And when I say culture, our Christian culture. You know why our Christian culture needs it? Because we as individuals need it. You heard me say over and over again, we can't be corporately what we're not individually. And nobody gets a pass on this. We all need to take that connection we have and make it stronger with God. We all need to realize how interconnected we really are. And you can do that. Through the living and abiding Word of God, you begin to make that connection strong. How many of you have been doing that, by the way? Let me just, I don't know, don't, don't do that. I don't want to know. Fixing that could be encouraging and that could be depressing to know what happens. So, anyway, I hope that if you haven't, you will start back in going through the book of Matthew, one chapter at a time, and that requires you have an accountability partner that you text with or whatever phone call says, I read chapter chapter 7 today, you know, I read that, and, and in fact, I haven't read my chapter today, I didn't do it in the morning, so my accountability partner, he, he hasn't checked up on me yet, but we'll get that taken care of, uh, to read that chapter 7 today, and, and you know, it may just very soon or, or it may take a while to digest until an observation comes through and an application and then telling God, thank you. I hope that you'll be involved in that. And I hope that you'll take your prayer life and, and let's take it and let's pray for that connection to become stronger. So prayer is a delight. So you're praying for the things that, that's reflected in your relationship with God in that connection, things that help build up that connection. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.